Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 43. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. Today is Thursday, April 16th. We are somewhere in the quarantine. Uh, the duration of weeks has... Actually, I think it's been a month. I want to say it's been a month now, because it was like... Uh, the only reason I can remember is because it was right before St. Patrick's Day, which was on the 17th of March. So I think it's been like a month now. Huh. You know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth, like, putting it in my actually watched list, but seeing as every day is the same, I watched Groundhog Day recently. <laughs> Why would you, did you, did you see that video of the groundhog eating the pizza? No, I was just like, you know, Oh, shit, no, the dude, on, on Twitter, on Twitter, I found it, there was a groundhog in front of a person's house, like, right in their, like, I guess, like, those uh, backyard window doors. Uh, the sliding ones, I guess. Uh, yeah. uh, it the ground dog is they're in the window, standing right in the window. The two dogs are right there, like, what the fuck is this thing doing? And the owner is watching. And the groundhog is just eating a pizza, <laughs> eating a pizza in the in the door window, just in front of these dogs, not giving a shit. He's just like, and I'm just like, wow, that's uh, this is pretty amazing. That's all about it. It's, it's probably the best thing I've seen in my entire life. I was surprised though. That in that movie, in Groundhog Day, I w- I spotted a very young Michael Shannon. Really? Yeah. He is the guy that, like, in the diner, when he's like, listen, I've been... Well, actually, I've, I've, I've actually never seen Groundhog oh, Day Oh, for myself. what? For real? Yeah, dude. Uh, dude, there's a, there's a slew of movies that are, like, required watching oh, that I've dude. never seen. And it's been, like, it's like that, Goodfellas, and a bunch of other shit that I've just, like, never Ooh, seen. man. Like, yeah, there's there's stuff I just have to watch. Yeah, it's, and I it's, just one, it's one of my favorite Bill Murray movies. It's it's fucking hilarious. It's really clever too, and like it gets kind of deep in some moments. It's it's good, but yeah, basically like I don't know. There's a moment where some random guy. I was like, hey, that looks like that sounds like Michael Shannon. I looked it up. I was like, holy fuck, it is Michael Shannon. That's fucking Zod. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Sorry for derailing immediately. No, you're, you know, it's guys, the podcast is already over. Uh, no, but we're, you know, same old, same old. We're still here. We're still stuck inside. Uh, I actually walked for 60 blocks on. I saw that. Tuesday? On your, I think uh, it was Tuesday. On your stories. That was, that's a quite a trick. A trek. Yeah, so I had to. Previously, once when we were recording, actually, uh, someone my car was parked across the street i had to move it for street cleaning and some dude had parked his car behind mine on an incline so it's a hill and my car is basically more downhill than theirs so i come outside and their car had rolled into mine oh so that's why you took your car in yes so uh i finally got the repair it's been like delayed i had to reschedule a couple times because of the quarantine but then i was like at a certain point i was just like yo fuck this i needed to get this done so I just, you know, gives me an excuse to, to leave. And um, I thought about it. I'm like, oh, should I have someone pick me up and take me back? And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk home. So I took the car and it's like, like I said, like, it's on Divisadero. So it's like 60 blocks away from my house. Go all the way there and take it in there. I like had gloves. I, I took, I, I brought four gloves. I put one on when I went to change gas. I needed gas because I had like 16 miles left or something. 
And I just had, the way I did it was my left hand, I had my pocket the whole time because I didn't have a glove on. I didn't feel like it. And I just did everything one-handed, finished it with the glove, threw out the glove, went back in the car, went to the auto place, put on another glove on my right hand again, put my left hand back in my pocket and started doing everything, signing papers with one hand and stuff. Uh, I had like a, a mask and everything too, like one of those N95s or whatever. I'd actually do, we have a good amount of masks because, uh, not like a, a massive a ton, but like basically like a box that I had order, I had ordered previously. I actually ordered this like two California fires ago, Oh, I think. It was right. like during one of the fires and it was like, you know, every, it was like hella bad outside. Yeah. So I just got like, I finally ordered masks and I was like, there we go. So I still have them and I'm like, oh shit, I can wear these again. And it's like, they're not, I don't. They're not the big old professional ones I think you'd give to uh, doctors, uh, so I'm just like, uh, yeah, I'm keep them for my family. It's fine. better than nothing. Yeah, I, and uh, my family has a, uh, I believe, a set of like cloth masks we got ordered. Should get like one for everyone. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, so what my plan is, I'd only use these uh, masks for going to any place where there's people and then if i'm just going on let's say uh i mean like basically going on a, a specific quest if i'm going to the grocery store which i haven't because everything's running online or if i just went anywhere that requires like a specific um yeah a specific priority of me going out for something uh then i'd wear one because i know there's probably gonna be interactions with people but when i go outside for a walk i just take a bandana and just pretty much like double layer it and just throw it over my face and just look like a like a bandit. Yeah, it's great. I've done that once or twice. I actually went on a work call, and they're like, "Hey, let's all jump on video camera." And I had my Duff beer hat on, and then I had the bandana on, and they're like, "Huh?" And I'm like, "Oh, sorry, I was just at my neighbor's place. Uh, I wanted to, you know, get some things from them, uh, but they didn't want to give it to me, and they weren't <laughs> expecting me either. So I got the stuff anyway, and now my neighbor's house is for sale." <laughs> And they're just like, what? And I'm just like, ah, oh, nothing. I'm just bored. And they're like, oh, okay. It's the purge. Not actually bored. I just like, I like doing fun shit. I always, I'm like that ridiculous person on the team. The, the, just uh, the comedic relief and just all around wild card. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's been a lot of work from home. Uh, shit ton of playing games. I haven't really done anything new. I've actually, dude, I, I don't, I haven't, I weighed myself. It looks like I'm like another two pounds down. I was like, like originally 200 pounds and I'm at like 193 right now. And it, I thought I'd go higher being in quarantine, but, it, but because I'm eating a lot, even though I'm not working out much, I'm also eating a lot less. So my belt size went down one loop oh, nice. or like one of those holes. And I, I just, I was like, Oh shit. I didn't even realize it. I was like, damn. And then like, it even still was slightly loose. And I was like, oh, shit. So that was kind of cool. But I, I did um, my trainer that I was uh, going to like two nights a week at 24 hour. Uh, she contacted me and was like, hey, I'm going to do some FaceTime uh, at home workouts if you want to do that. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's like a small fee and whatever. I'm like, oh, I can afford that. That's fine. So probably uh, at 7 o'clock now, Mondays through Wednesdays, I'm going to start doing uh, like... With what I got, which I told her, I was like, I have uh, 20 pound dumbbells and a yoga mat. That's it. And she's like, okay, I'll figure I'll figure out your, a routine for you for like all three days. And I was like, dope. Sounds great. Uh, so I'm do like a full body and upper body and a lower body workout pretty much for each different day, which is going to be nice. So I'm like, cool. Because I was honestly losing exercise time a lot just because 
uh, honestly, working at home, I think I'm working more at home than I was at the actual place in just terms of like concentration of like churning stuff in and out. Plus dude calls are actually just like, I don't know. They just feel like they take your, they just suck you away. You're just like, Oh my God, there's all these calls, man. So many calls. I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, it's like, if there's not like a like a division between where I work and where I am like at home relaxing or whatever, that I basically just feel like I have to be either doing one or the other all the time. Like either I'll go like all day and work all day and like not do anything for fun or I'll just like waste a day doing nothing at all. Mm, I got you. No, I, I, I haven't done any of the waste day do nothings. Like I'm still constantly just like productive to the point where actually I talked to one of my friends and I was like, hey, I'm first come first serve right now because... <laughs> I'll be, like, trying to play a single-player game, and I got a friend hitting me up to play Call of Duty on PS4. Uh, the friend I was talking to, we've been trying to play Gears 5. That's the guy, my friend, I've been trying to finish Gears 5 uh, yeah. on Insane with on Xbox, and we haven't touched it since, like, the last time we were in contact with each other. And then um, I got friends that play... We uh, There's a game I'd talk about later, probably not this episode, but called Space Beast. We're playing on Steam. It's, like, my friends from school, Then we'll play that sometimes. Uh, and then also that same group, some of them play, uh, they got me into playing Rainbow Six Siege a little bit now, too, for the first mm, time. Cool. Uh, so I got those, and then I got, a like, my clan on Destiny 2 sometimes hits me up. So I'm like, oh, and now Ghost Recon Breakpoint has free friend code stuff, so I'm getting two of my friends from school that I used to hang out with to, I'm gonna get them on Xbox with me to play Breakpoint. So I'm basically like, oh my god, oh, so many people. I, I'm just, that's why I told my friend, I'm like, yo, first come, first serve. You ask me first, you get me first. Until then, I'm playing single player stuff unless someone bothers me because it's just too many, too many people. I can't, I can't, I can't concentrate, man. Because I don't know. At this point, it's like I get a call and I'm like, is it work or is it friends? I don't know. I don't know the difference anymore. That's I don't like know the, the taste of air and strawberries. That's like the worst feeling oh, Sam. for me. Is like n- wanting to have enough time to do all the things with all your friends and just like oh but i can't i have to choose i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry i'm already taken <laughs> i can't do this yeah but yeah it's just oh man uh but i'm still like anytime i get where i'm like i can either avoid people a little bit or i just like no one's bothering or no, not bothering me i don't want to say it like that but when no one's like contacting me i'm just like all right single player time come on let me get through this list no, that, i which i get that too i very much like i need my alone time from time to time yeah uh, dude this quarantine i feel anything about alone the amount of people i talk to and the amount of people i have to talk to for work it's just like it's just not i can't like it doesn't feel like i'm ever alone i don't ever feel alone and it's so ironic hmm. to the point where i'm like i don't even know what's gonna happen when the quarantine's over i'm just gonna be like hey i'm calling out for like three weeks i'm just gonna be here playing games <laughs> so no one could bother me now because now they're all back at work and i'm just not gonna talk to anyone yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my vacation time's still accruing dude like i ain't i ain't taking any vacations right. now so it's like yeah yeah you got it. i'm still working <laughs> that's true that's nice at least yeah yeah all right, so we got we got some news, guys. Uh, very small to the point where I actually could just put it under news because it's just so small. We finally hit it. I told you we'd get to that point where there's not much news coming out to the point where I'm like, hey, there's pictures of an upcoming movie. We're gonna talk about this. The world, <laughs> even finally, though I haven't watched. The world finally I've, just ended. 
<laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched the other version of the movie and I haven't read the book yet, but you know what? I'll just say some random shit that I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's fine. Uh, but all right, we'll, we'll run into that. And then we're going to talk Kong Skull Island because we had uh, another watch. Like I said last week, we did Godzilla 2014. Uh, this is part of the the Twitter watch along with uh, Legendary and Nerdist working together. They usually get the director of each film on. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Probably not as long as Godzilla just because we're a lot more interested in Godzilla than King Kong. But there's some cool stuff with like the era, the cinematography, like just the the, the art and everything going oh, on yeah. in that movie. It's, it's, a, uh, it's still a great movie. Yeah, and then uh, after that, we're just going to switch back and forth between what we've uh, played or watched. I don't know, depending on time, if I can, I'm going to talk about Witcher 3. I know I've been talking about talking about Witcher 3 forever now, but I, I honestly, it's like, I feel like I'm going to spend 20 to 30 minutes talking about it, and we're actually going to try to stay around an hour this time. We'll see. This time. Yeah, we'll see. We're, we're gonna. That's what we said last time, and it was almost two hours. That's what we always say. <laughs> we always say, yeah, it's, it's shit, dude. All right. Um, let's start in here. So first up, we got of our four pieces of news, uh, was Gamescom news. So Gamescom, of course, is the, it's like E3 of Europe. It's the, uh, European Expo that takes place in Cologne, Germany every summer. I uh, usually like, you know, E3 is in June. This is normally like in August. So it's like a, a couple months afterwards and you'll get like, uh, more stuff from games and some new reveals that you normally maybe wouldn't have seen at E3 or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, Gamescom was canceled. Uh, for at least physical, uh, having the physical on-site show in Cologne. Uh, the tickets will be refunded, I, uh, they said soonish. But they're working hard They're working hard right now to uh, make it a digital showcase now. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, because so, every, like, every year the IGN people complain about, uh, well, I guess, sort of complain, I guess, about how like Gamescom is like, picture E3, but times 10. Or whatever. Yeah. In terms of, like, the amount of people packed into, like, a huge convention center. And it's, like, uh, I think it's also, yeah, the German government uh, said all major events will be banned up to uh, August 31st. So I think that's what forced its hand. Uh, But, you know, they're already on, they pretty much didn't even say, like, hey, we're not doing anything. They very much went straight into, hey, we're going digital. And looking through, like, E3 didn't, or it's not going to, at least so far, of what they said. There were rumors that they said they might, and then it was, it was like, shot down. It was super weird, uh, but there's been no official anything, really, I think, afterwards. I was going to say, do you think they just didn't think about doing it digitally? or? But that seems like they It's hard to say. I don't know. I feel like, when I just think of things, like, I just think, I associate the word of just, like, not not like uh, the bad sense of like, but when I hear dying, I just think E three and GameStop in terms of just like in in the gaming world of like okay, who's these on, two who, are on their way out? Like who's at death's door? Yeah, and it's like GameStop and E three easily. Like these are the two things that will be gone from the gaming industry and the gaming world in general soon enough. Uh, who knows how soon? Uh, I know we've talked about GameStop before, and we'll like we'll see what happens. Just listen to a few previous episodes. We've talked about it in length. Uh, same with E three. But we'll see how those go. But let's say if E3 is gone, uh, the way games, uh, Gamescom is going, I think Gamescom afterwards would basically Europe would be the central uh, press conference place. It would be like basically all the big gaming news. If it's not from the individual uh, publishers and their shows, it's going to be there. Yeah. So if Sony doesn't show their stuff at their own place or 
uh, the, like inside Xbox mm-hmm. or Nintendo Direct or whatever Ubisoft does, like those, then you might see my Gamescom, or they might still just go there because it's like E3 is eliminated. I mean, completely, and you have all these different publishers that are like, we're gonna do our own thing, but also we can now spare a little bit more for Gamescom. Maybe they can actually take a little bit more extra. Maybe I mean, keep in mind. Unless I'm missing some other ones, there's still like Paris Games Week and Tokyo Game Show are two other yes. shows. Which yes. have we heard anything about those this year yet? Not yet. Those are later. Those are even later. Which Paris yeah. Games Week is like it's not as big as Gamescom. You get a little bit less news in that. It's also I think honestly True. I think it's newer too. It's a y- it's a younger show. You might be right on that. I'm not entirely sure. I know Gamescom's been going on for like quite a while. Yeah, because it used to be called, it used to be in, I think, Zurich or something, not Zurich, no, it was a, uh, Blitzkrieg or something? I forget. Uh, or was it Leipzig? It was Leipzig. Leipzig sounds right. I think it was Leipzig. I think Blitzkrieg, no, I'm thinking of Blitzkrieg was the Nazi. Yeah, no, that was like a offense. war strategy. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, German, German. I was uh, literally like, was, did they... Was that a real place? <laughs> no, it's Leipzig. I think Gamescom was. I feel like I don't know if it was Gamescom went from Leipzig to. I think it's in Cologne. Yeah, Cologne. Or was it that Gamescom was called something before it was called Gamescom? It was like one of the. It was like one of the other. I can't remember. But that was like because that was like PS three three sixty days, like two thousand eight something. Yeah. Like I, I can't remember anymore. It's been a while. Alright, so yeah, it's going digital. It's going to be cool to see. Um, I'm excited, like, you know, everything's going digital right now. Everything, like, uh, John Krasinski has a podcast about good news, or a YouTube show about good news for, like, 20 minutes. Uh, there's a Scrubs podcast now that I want to take a look at. Uh, it's, uh, I forget their names, but that, JD and Turk uh, Zach have their own show. Braff and... Oh, man, I don't remember. Come on, he, he's... Oh, fuck. Yeah, I can't remember their name. Yeah. And then... Um, you got this. You'll figure it out. Uh, and then, like, there's uh, the, uh, the San Francisco Giants have a podcast now. And I'm like, I want to listen to all these. I haven't had a chance yet. But uh, I do want to take a look at those once I do a couple other things first. Uh, and then I think there's even... Um, I feel like there's other ones, too. There's a bunch. Everyone's got something. Donald I think Faison. even, like... That's his name. There you go. Yeah. Full disclosure, I had to look that up. Thank you, Google. Nice. Uh, but yeah, the, there's a bunch of stuff like that. Everyone's going, doing some form of digital thing, especially probably because they're also bored, most likely. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm still not, because I, like I said, I, I got a whole list of things I can do, and I'm doing them. I'm doing them all, or as many as I can. So yeah, that's Gamescom news. Uh, next up, we have pics of the upcoming Dune film. James, uh, you you didn't read the book, did you? No, I've been told over and over that it's like a classic sci-fi thing. I actually have a copy of it, like somewhere downstairs. I should just like crack it open and read it. Then again, I have like a list, a backstory, not backstory, a backlog of books is maybe not as long as my video game list because that'd be impressive. But I got a few books I want to read too. And yeah, I, I never really got into the um, older versions of the movie either. Like, I never saw the original original, and I never saw... What's the one that everyone likes? The the last one? Uh, which thing? 
it's uh, Dune. Like I, I. Oh, the David Lynch. Yeah. So like, yeah. I gave it a shot when I was like a kid, but I really, I think I was too young for it because I was just so bored, and I was just told. I was told. I think part of the problem is I was basically sold on, on it being like an action sci-fi like Star Wars, and that is really not what Dune is about for the most part. So it seems. So okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I never got into it, but I'm interested in the new one though. I guess. Okay. Yeah, because like uh, I so I haven't watched the David Lynch film. I haven't read the book yet, and I know I need to. Um, hopefully, I'll do it before this film comes out. Uh, the designs. At least I talked to a lot of my friends that you know they draw a lot. They do a lot of sequential and uh, just like concept art and stuff like that. Uh, they all had certain issues with it. Really? To the point where one of them had said, um, it doesn't even look like Dune. Man of Steel looks more like Dune than Dune does. <laughs> oh, interesting. In terms of just like, uh, they don't, they don't like the, uh, minimalist style of the concept or the costume design. Uh, okay. to, when you look at like the armor. Yeah. Cause like I said, I, the only reason I'm talking about this is cause I haven't really read it myself. I, and like gotten an idea of what it's supposed to look like. So I'm kind of saying like. What my friends think about, which I know it's kind of yeah, like no, that, yeah, that, but that's a good point because like I like I said I don't really know the original that well, so I don't, I wasn't even thinking of comparing it visually to like the, yeah. the new pictures. And I'm I'm curious, but uh, it's just like it's looking at it. Let's say looking at it without knowing anything, I look at the armor and all I can think is they just kind of look blocky. Hmm. All right. A little bit. But that's just me. Uh, I I don't have as much gripe as they do. It's just I'm like eh, okay, like the I don't know. I just look at it and I'm just I think um, I, I don't know why I think like weird. Uh, I don't know. They just look weird. <laughs> I think it's because I can see the bolts on it. And I just think about it and I'm like, yeah, I remember I remember seeing like one of my friends working on this in school. <laughs> yeah. <It> just... <laughs> I think I just was like. Oh, cool. Oscar Isaac's in this movie. Okay. I didn't even, like, look at his armor. <laughs> yeah, but I could be wrong. I mean, I'm probably, I'd probably catch if I if I said this and I was actually well-known or something. I'm sure people would be like, shut the fuck up, dude. And be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, I don't know. Well, I, I, I do want to take a look at it eventually and just kind of see so I can see if I'm actually happy with it or angrily like my friends are. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, I don't know. Just want to talk about that because there's no other news. Like, actually, like, there's only, like, two other things to talk about now. But next up, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, uh, CD Projekt Red talked about how their DLC for it. So even though the game's not even out yet, they're already talking about DLC. It's, in terms of size, uh, it's basically not going to be smaller than the current Witcher 3 DLC. So we're looking at some pretty big stuff. Yeah, because there was like a post game. Yeah, there was a decent amount of DLC that they released for The Witcher. Yeah, and just like the two, I mean, the two real ones that you just have is uh, Heart of Stone and uh, Blood, Blood and Wine. Yeah. yeah, and Blood and Wine is so big; it's just ridiculous how big it is, and you're just like, oh my god, this is amazing. But I'll get to that eventually, maybe today. We'll see. I don't know. I doubt it. Uh, and just because I'm, I'm makes me even more excited because I'm like, okay, it's not like cyberpunk sounds really cool. Uh, I like fantasy more than I like cyberpunk as a genre uh, in terms of like theme. 
Uh, but I'm really excited for this either way because I already know the quality that CD Projekt Red has now that I've played Witcher 3. And knowing now that there's going to be even more further, like, large-scale support just makes me very happy to know that. Yeah. And you have any anything else on that before I move on to the next piece? I realize I just, like, kind of talked it through. No, I mean, it's, it's a pretty simple story. It's just DLC coming to uh, Cyberpunk. I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of... I know you haven't talked about The Witcher yet, but, like... At least in my experience, it was so... I had so much fun with it that I am just, like, ready to get Cyberpunk whenever it comes out and just, like, enjoy it. Like, I wasn't even thinking about DLC. But the fact that they are already, like, yeah, we're going to put as much... Or at least it sounds like as much effort into the DLC for this next game as we did in the previous one. And to be honest, like, I bought all the DLC for The Witcher, but I just never got around to actually playing it. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. I I like that it's gonna be there, but I'm not sure if I'm ever actually gonna get around to it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll. See. It's um, yeah, we'll see. All right, next up, last piece of news already, guys. Uh, Crisis Remastered has been announced to come for PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. I can't believe it's gonna be on Switch. Yeah, <laughs> remembering was... the old stories of just being like. My PC can barely run this, and someone's like, you know, put somehow figure out how to get that on the PS3 cell processor. That's, like, the only thing that could take care of that yeah. bastard, along with, like, someone that has a supercomputer that's, like, military-grade. Did it not ever come to 360? <laughs> it they it did come to PS3 and 360 eventually. Okay. Because I, I do... It was, re- uh, for the longest time, it was just a PC game. Yeah, well, I do remember playing Crisis 1 on PS3 when that came out. Because I was like, oh, cool, it's so awesome. <laughs> it was it was just, like, during the time that it was only on PC, uh, the power, like, the system requirements, I think, at that point was so ridiculous yeah. that they, like... The PS3 was always known for the, the, pro- the power of the cell processor and also the difficulties that came with developing for yeah. it. But uh, the, the joke was, like, yo, throw it on this thing, it's power is so ridiculous it should be able to take care of it yeah that's the thing is like crisis was known not so much for being like a good game which it was but more for like yeah it just being so visually impressive that you to to play it at like it's most impressive you needed like a ridiculously powerful computer yeah and crisis 2 and crisis 3 kind of changed things a bit there i don't honestly from from what I can remember, I think the first one was probably the best one, and it just kind of went downhill each time it, the yeah. new one came out. I never really... And then, all of a sudden, Crytek made their own turn into, from, like, a developer to, like, a giant publishing thing, and it didn't go so did well. They? If I, If I... I think so. They did, yeah, because they tried to... They were like, hey, we got the Crytek engine and stuff, but also yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do, like, The Hunt and some other oh. game, Battlecry, I think. I think they did Battlecry and then some other stuff, and then none of it it just, like, stuff failed, left and right. I don't know, it just didn't go well, from huh. what I heard. Now, like, uh, they have a new Hunt game, and then now this. Yeah. Which, I think, this one specifically was published by EA. Weird. I think. Yeah. I want to say it was back when Crytek wasn't a publisher yet. Yeah, so, on the one hand, I was not expecting them to do a Crisis Remastered. Like, I was not asking for that or really expecting it at all but now it strikes me that like why would they remaster just the first one and not like crisis trilogy 
Well, so for me, what I think when I tweeted, I actually tweeted about it before. With uh, I was talking about how like, all right, when they first teased it, like the first teaser came out, the the last time they used their Twitter was like 2016, and they tweeted for the first time in like four years, and they said like, yeah. um, I forget what it said, but. I was like retrieving data or something like that. Yeah, I was retrieving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I I basically said that it was either a remaster collection, it was three masters individually, or if it's Crisis Four, like those are the only possibilities. And it ended up being just the first one remastered, which I'll say probably why. Uh, Most likely, I'm guessing because of just maybe the power of that first game, or or just like the difficulties that came with, I guess, everything around it. I'm, I'm guessing maybe they wanted to do them standalone because of that, but also because I think everyone's so hyped right now to get it. Or at least the people that seem like they saw it, they're like, holy shit, Crisis is coming. And you have the remaster, people are probably going to buy that shit up, especially right now with nothing else coming out and everything getting delayed. Just like, I'm sure Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, when it came on PS4, probably made a shit ton very true and then in a month or less than a month now when it comes out on a xbox one i'll probably sell even more uh, unless people actually i think it's still backwards compatible actually on xbox so you might not even care uh the original one is still oh interesting. yeah yeah uh but i think like if it does well enough then they'll do them one at a time because also Maybe you think about it this way, too. What if they were thinking about working on all three and then all this happened and they went, you know what, let's just do one and get it out sooner. And then they could do it periodically because then not only are you just, like, making more money than you would before, but, like, you're just, like, you're in everyone's heads because you're just there every single time because you just keep making the stuff that no one else is coming out with right now. That's true. I also... uh... Oh, no, I forget what... Oh, I had a point I was going to make, but I, I forget what it was. Let's cut that. <laughs> okay. Nah, no, it's staying in. Yeah, don't worry about it. Like, huh? Oh, well. That's fine. Yeah, it happens to me so uh, frequently. It's like, it's, it's so annoying. Oh, well. Yeah, so, they, you know, uh, I'm, they, there's no release date yet for it, but I'm excited to see it. I'm assuming it's probably going to be digital only. Uh, maybe they do some do some discs, oh. but I doubt they'll do it right now. Yeah, no, I guess I was just wondering, like, how long have they been working on this one? Or did it not it, take long, or what? I'm not too sure. They haven't they haven't really specified yeah. specifically. Because this, like, like I kind of said, it, it really came out of, like, nowhere. I can't think of anyone who was particularly asking for this. But, like, you... I forgot about Crisis. But also, like you said, they had, like, their Twitter was inactive for, like, four years. So no one's heard from Crytek in a while. Yeah, it was actually funny. You look on there, the, the people that freak out on it. I mean, uh, the ones that, like, start hyping it up was, like, Xbox, Mixer, NVIDIA, Corsair, like, all those accounts. And they're just like, oh, my God, and stuff. So it was like, everyone was yeah. losing their minds. I also think it's just particularly funny that they also threw it on Switch. Because <laughs> it... Yeah, I, that's why I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, are you sure it can handle that? <laughs> like, I'm sure they got it to play like fine but it probably doesn't look nearly as good as it would on like ps4 or xbox one yeah or pc i'll, I'll probably yeah i'm not I'm, the one i'm not getting it on is switch i'm not getting it on the switch no, at all no. that's that's just not happening <laughs> yeah um also like i don't know i think about crisis one and i'm like yo that was a pretty fun time i think about crisis two and three and i'm just kind of like I, I could forget that that's okay yeah it's very fair like i i 
I got into the first one mostly because of the hype of it. And I was like, this is an interesting shooter. This is not like, it's not exactly like anything else I've played. Cause you could like, you're, you have your power suit that has like various abilities, but you're not like completely indestructible or whatever. Like yeah. I liked that it forced you to think about how you wanted to like spec out your suit and whether you wanted to be stealthy or did you want to be like just a tank? It was super interesting, but like I couldn't really tell you about the story much. And then like alien shit happened towards the end of the first one, and then the rest of the two games were just like the the two and three were like all alien stuff, and they really lost me. I just I couldn't get into it. Yeah, I got confused, and then like the dudes in your body with you or something. At it, I don't know. It was really yeah. Weird. The fact that I was like three, three got really. I was like, huh. The fact that your suit what? is like alien technology, but also like alive, sort of was weird. Interesting, but weird. But yeah, like I, I know I played the second one. I could not tell you how it ends. Like, I don't even. I'm pretty sure I finished it. I know I never even played the third one, and I thought it was. I think three just had like a bow, yeah, an arrow. I was literally about to say like know. the whole ad, like advertising campaign was like, "Yo, you got this wicked awesome nano suit or whatever that makes you super fast and super strong and invisible and shit." But now you got a bow. How about that? Yeah, and I, I was like, I don't, I don't care. It's like every game has a bow now. Why does every game need a bow now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. You know who... Well, Crisis Remastered, people. <laughs> you know who You know who gets to use a bow? Laura Croft. Laura Croft can use a bow. Are you sure? Well, I don't know. Just it's just like fit in... <laughs> no, I know, yeah. No, she can. All right. Yeah, so that's Crisis. Uh, that's it for the news. Uh, next up, we get to talk some Kong Skull Island, James, and then we could talk uh, yeah. our own individual stuff, finally. Uh, we're about a little bit over 30 minutes in, so I don't know how long we'll talk about Kong, so we'll see how this goes. But, we watched Kong. Uh, this was my second time watching it. I've watched it once before in theaters, so that was like, I think I was in LA. Yeah, I was in Los Angeles when I watched it, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was in LA, I think, when I saw it. And it was cool. It wasn't like amazing but it was just like really it was, it was like a fun little time yeah like and watching it now like i'd say it's still the same thing yeah I'd, I'd agree with you i think this is my second time seeing it at least the second time i don't know if i watched it like another time that i'm forgetting but it doesn't really matter uh i yeah i agree it's like it's a really fun movie but i've never been like particularly emotionally attached to king kong or kong at all so I don't know. I got more hyped for Godzilla like beating the shit out of the Mudos than I did uh, King Kong uh, fighting the Skull Walkers, Skull, skull Crawlers. Skull, skull Crawlers, and then Skull Devil was the big one. Oh, so he had a specific name? Okay. Yeah, because I, I was looking. So did did you keep up with the tweets? I tried, but like it, it, I I even just filtered it to like the top ones. But there were still like a lot. It, yeah, they, they there was uh, I mostly read the, the ones tweets at least from from hmm? yeah I mostly read the ones from like legendary and yeah the, so legendary uh, had a lot of the uh, 
they had uh, the monster like profiles. Yeah. They would show the monster and like talk. They had the, it'd be like a picture of it, and it was really cool because that's how they they put in the names for everything. And the director, uh, what's his name, uh, Jordan Vote Roberts. So he did this, and uh, apparently, you know who liked that movie? Actually, I'll say real. F- you know, I'll I'll save it for the end. I'll save it for the end because it's, it's it's a little bit less related. So I'd rather just kind of go full Kong and then talk about that after. Right, fair enough. So. This movie takes place in the 70s. It's like the end of the Vietnam War. Like literally, got... literally the opening scene is like, yeah, the president signed a declaration to, or not declaration, a, a, basically we're ending the war. <laughs> and you got all these soldiers that are like, yo, we're finally going home. And you got Samuel Jackson with all these medals being like, what was, what it, was it even like? <laughs> yeah, what, what was the point? And then you got like... Uh, so I do love that when uh, Brie Larson shows up and she's like, uh, she said something like, oh, what, you don't feel bad because you lost the war. And he's like, we didn't lose the war. We abandoned it. So, like, he got, he's yeah. definitely bitter about it. Yeah, because he's, like, he's watched already a shit ton of his soldiers die. Uh, so, you can tell he's very, very salty yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, you got John Goodman leading a expedition uh, for basically finding Kong and yeah. going to Skull Island. And... He basically recruits Samuel Jackson's platoon of guys, and they're like, all right, you're going to go on a mission, we need a military escort, and the U.S. government's like, okay, yeah, we'll get you some guys, and all the soldiers are like, I can't wait to go home, and Samuel Jackson's like, I need an excuse, and they're like, hey, you want to go to this fucking crazy island? And he's like, yes, and all the soldiers are like, the fuck, man, why, why, I was going home, I just fought a war, why are you making me do this? Like, I'll hand it to the director, he did a really good job of spending, like, just enough time with, like, a bunch of the characters that you actually, like, feel sad when they die, because, like, a lot of people die. Oh, yeah, well, there's, well, there's also, of course, there's a lot of no, no no-name military dudes. Oh, for sure. Um, There were, there were way too many to, to know all of them, but, like, there were definitely, like, a handful, like, the guy who's, like, calling home to, or like writing home to his mom all the time uh the dude who like died trying to leave like a message for his kid like the guy who got eaten by the skull crawler like you actually feel bad for uh, for these guys oh that was the one writing the letters yeah yeah so he yeah he he gets and that's um my a couple of my friends were complaining one was complaining about it just being like uh why are they fo- so like actually i'll just go through it so uh. You got all these guys coming in on the helicopter through the island. Kong comes up, basically wrecks shit. Oh, yeah. And they get separated into two groups and one individual. One group is like Tom Hiddleston's uh, SA, former SAS tracker super soldier guy, or a super commando stealth tracker man. And you have Brie Larson, photographer, and like one of the scientists and one of the soldiers. And uh, I think, were there other soldiers with them too, or was it just them? I can't remember. Or basically, it's like yeah, most any surviving scientist and and like them, and they go their way, and the other ones that are separated are, are the soldiers, Samuel Jackson and like one scientist I think, and they're pretty much like doing their own thing too, and they don't even know each other is both alive right now, and then you have this one soldier who's literally just by himself, and you get all this stuff with him because he not only finds Kong. Like, licking his wounds, but also catching yeah. an octopus for a, a squid for lunch. 
And that's another interesting w- thing. You see a lot of the island through that guy's eyes. You're you're with yeah. him for a while. I mean, he dies like really suddenly. He survives like watch all this stuff, and then he he finds a giant walking stick, shoots it, and it's like I'm sorry, I'm leaving. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And then the walking stick doesn't even care about him. And then that's yeah, when the that school was actually really crawler cool. just like I I like that design of like a stick bug type thing, but it's like so big that instead of looking like a stick, it looks like a fucking log. Yeah, and it's like uh, I think it was designated something mantis, but it was more like a stick bug than a mantis. I don't know why they did that. Eh. I mean, I guess mantis is a better name. I don't. I think know. it's because the pincers um, or whatever when it gets all the like when it stands all the way up, it has the shape of a mantis. Oh, that's true. Yeah, a little bit. And then there's, uh, there's like, giant buffalo things. Those things uh, are cool. Yeah, those are really cool. And then there's uh, the the spider. Yo, Dude, those, like, spider, bamboo though. spiders. Like, I just, like, I'll be honest. I'm really fascinated with the ecology of Skull Island. Because there's just so many interesting species, like, in this small area. Like, I don't know. It's fascinating. Oh, and there's razor birds. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's, like, that scene is fucking sick when they, like... Like not sick, cool, but like sick as in like disturbing. Oh, and they get the doctor. Where they like grab like yeah, out of nowhere, like a few of them just like grab that one guy off the boat, and they're like, "I can't get a shot on the birds. Like I don't want to hit the guy." And then one just like, not even slows down, like cuts through his arm, and he's just like his arms just off. Yeah, and he's still screaming. It's just like one of my friends is like, "Why don't they still?" And I'm like. <laughs> Okay, yeah, shoot the birds. The dude dies from the fall. What the fuck? Do you yeah, no, that also. It's like he's already like high enough. Like these, yeah. he's probably pretty screwed. Yeah, the dude's fucked. Uh, and the characters themselves. So I, I'm not even sure how to to I guess approach this one like we did with Godzilla. Godzilla, I feel like we were a lot more into it too. It just didn't. You don't have to think about what you were talking about. You just kind of went right into it. So I guess do you want to start with the characters? I don't know, because, like, they were a lot. So, like, what... Uh, specifically, like, uh, I guess, uh... It was, so there was an interesting thing. Apparently, in the Chinese cut, they had the, uh... The Asian girl and, um... The, sci- the scientist guy that she's always hanging yeah. around with, um... They're both basically around each other the whole time. And yeah. it turns out, the Chinese cut... They do that so they can actually change the dialogue to where she's talking more. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah, it's one of those catered to China things. Uh, Weird. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You know, you saw that South Park episode. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, huh. So that's why that was there. So it kind of is annoying because you're just like, I want... They're, they're not really any... They're not cool characters. They're just very whatever. You don't care about these two scientists, guys. And I'm just like, let's say if you eliminated her and took her out because all she's there for is that kind of thing and maybe focused more on that one guy and just kind of put it all into him, maybe it would have been a lot more interesting too because then you don't, you're not doing it because it's like, ah, you want to do it for some other country and it's like, it's China, you know, being China and bullshitting movies and stuff. Instead, like, you know, make it its own thing, have it cool, but you know, it didn't. So. Wait, is Monarch supposed to be an international unit or just an American unit? Because it seemed like John Goodman in the beginning was specifically reporting to the U.S. government. I think originally it was national. I don't know if it became 
Because I was wondering, is, is that um, why the lady was there? or Because she was I part think of it's still I think it's still U.S. Because Sarazawa is based in, like, remember he's doing the hearing yeah. in in America. So I, I want to say, like... Um, yeah. Yeah, I want to I say it's all American-funded, right. most likely. And they just, you know, America can go anywhere it wants, so sure. it doesn't really... That's why they have the bases all over the world. Fair enough. I'm assuming. Alright, so you have those characters, or kind of whatever. Uh, the ones that you focus more on, like, there's a lot of the soldiers. There's a couple, like, you, you have, like, the one we were talking about. You see a lot of the island's eyes through. He has some interesting moments, and then he just kind of abruptly dies. And it's like, that, that part kind of sucks. But also, I guess you can kind of get that it's like, alright, well... Not everyone's gonna live, and yeah. no one's safe, sort of. Yeah, I, I definitely though. took that as like, yeah, <laughs> like just because this guy has like a kid or whatever, like yeah, no one is safe. They like all, anyone could die at this point. Even though they totally don't kill the main name actors and actresses, except for like John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, who also dies like really suddenly. <laughs> that was whole, that was like oh fuck. The, the way he dies is crazy because his camera stops working. Yes, yeah, that and whole the scene skull is crawler, really creepy. It is because the skull crawler eats him and you're just like, holy shit. But his camera's still going off. Yeah, so you inside, see the skull crawler moving yeah. around and you just see the flashes happening inside its body as it digests or like it, it, he basically puts him in his stomach. So it's like, yeah, basically the the other main characters that are like in that area just have like, because there's like a bunch of like, um, what's the word not opaque but i guess like dense gas like all around so it's like hard they can't quite see where the skull crawler is so they just like literally get a like flash every once in a while of like where it is at that moment and then like a few seconds later it's like somewhere else entirely different it's like legit unnerving and one thing uh i cracked up about because in this scene where you have the skull crawler and they're taking they're fighting it uh they're all standing like in the center. They're like watching for it, and you have one soldier that sets up a machine gun in a triceratops skull. <laughs> yeah, and one of my friends, like, there's like eight of us watching this, and on Discord, and he's like, "Hey, why would the hell would they stand out in the open? That's dumb." Because it's cool. uh, I'd be like, I'd, no, I'd be standing in the cover. And I'm like, nah, bro, are you kidding? Those things, they literally are called, like, they crawl everywhere. What if you're in cover, it just crawls above you, and then it just, like, eats you? Like, you can't see it coming if you're in cover, like, in that kind of area and stuff. And he's like, nah, I'd rather be on that Triceratops skull. And then the (laughs) troll crawler just comes in and fucking bats the dude out of the Triceratops skull. And I'm like, you were sick? And I'm like, that's why you fucking, that's why you're out in the open. (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good uh the designs for the or i guess keep to the characters um the only other characters really are yeah john goodman brie larson's character tom hiddleston's character samuel jackson's character and i guess like oh oh freaking john c Riley. oh uh, yeah those are the five we should talk about so uh let's Dude, start I did with not realize like one of the easter eggs that they uh, pointed out on twitter or his jacket i didn't even know his jacket had something specific the the guy who plays his son 
at in like the credits when he like finally goes home or whatever. That's yeah. the same actor who played young John, uh, John C. Riley when he like first crashes on the island. Oh really? Yeah, I was like, oh shit! Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> they just put sideburns on him. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So John, for those that don't know, John C. Riley plays a World War II pilot that was in a dogfight with a Japanese pilot during World War II. They crash on the island, and they're trying to kill each other. And then Kong literally like just shows up because they're on they crash yeah, on Skull Island. Dude, that's like an and then awesome opening scene because they're like legit trying to kill each other. It's yeah, like they're, insane. They're, and then fucking out of nowhere, goddamn Kong comes out like over the cliff. And the Japanese dude just, like, drops his knife because he's like, uh, fuck, what? Yeah. And it flashes forward to the point where, uh, the, the pilot, the Japanese pilot is dead. So he died at a certain point. He was yeah. killed by one of the school crawlers. But him and John C. Riley actually worked together after that. Like, they became really, like, it turned, like, John C. Riley talks to yeah, him like he's one friends. of his closest friends. It was really yeah. cool. And it, it actually almost makes it so... It sounds so fun that you could have had a spin-off movie with just it's just those two not even about Kong. It's just those two oh. surviving this island and Kong's there. That would be so interesting. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been really cool cuz it's like them surviving until they get to those like people and then like they could have done like different flash forwards or whatever, but uh if they could make that into a comic, I think that would be really tight. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Cuz they they did uh they did do a lot of apparently they did a good amount of Kong comics uh based off of this version uh to add more to the monsterverse. And I haven't read them yet. I've only read a uh, one Godzilla one that they did which I need to reread cuz apparently there's some stuff I might have missed. And uh the whole story with John C. Reilly's character, you know, like he survives this whole time, he makes friends with these natives that are there. And he, like, misses hot dogs, beer, the cubs, and his wife, and, like, basically, I think he said, like, it was, like, a newborn son. Yeah, like, the he said that literally the day before he got shot down on Skull Island, uh, his he received, like, a telegram from his wife saying that their boy had just been born. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, dang, dude, like, he, he survives all of it, too, which it's, it's great because at the end, like, there's a great ending scene where it's him coming back home and his wife never remarries and she's there and she's like oh my god and his son's like a grown man and it just has him basically sing them and it's like they're like oh my god it's really and it ends with him like and it's great because they do like the style of camera they changed it to like uh i guess the 40s era uh film cameras that they used uh, uh during the war so it's just so it's just it's well really it's really well done, and it ends with I'm on the couch watching a Cubs game, eating a hot dog and yeah. drinking beer, <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, that's that's life. He he's been waiting for that for for decades, for like over two decades, and the well, you know, I'll keep it till the end. Uh, it's more in terms of the visual feel of it and the uh, cinematography and whatnot, which is honestly probably where the movie oh, shines absolutely. the brightest. So next up, we got uh, Samuel Jackson's character. You got this soldier that hates. He, he he's very bitter about the war in Vietnam. He's angry because he feels like it was all for nothing. And then after losing all those soldiers, and then he comes takes this job because he's like you know one more last round of excitement, whatever. A giant monkey kills his entire platoon, or at least except like for a like good, a, a sl- like half of them. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'd say a vast majority. Like, because all those helicopters had people in them, oh, yeah. and they just get, like, destroyed. So it's just, like, him and a handful of soldiers left, and he's like, I want revenge. And he lets his hatred blind him for it, and later on, like, they explain to him. Because his whole, his whole mission afterwards isn't even to leave yet. It's really just to kill Kong. Yeah. And also find, like, one other like, soldier. I love his justification is, like, we are United States soldiers. We like our job is to protect like the citizens or whatever. So they like, don't have to be afraid and no one should ever know that something like that exists. Yeah. Which I thought like, and it's so it's insane, but it's like, okay, I can sort of see yeah. which, where you're going there. Like you, I, I get, and I could feel for the guy after everything that's happened, but it's just yeah. like at a certain point he kind of like loses. Oh yeah, he he definitely he loses a lot. <laughs> he's definitely in that like mentality where he's like stuck at war, like he does not want to go home, and he definitely oh, what's the word projects his like all of his bitter feelings to, about the Vietnam War onto uh, Kong because yeah he's like okay. I've had soldiers die in my hands before. This giant ape just killed a bunch of my soldiers. Therefore, he's basically, like, the stand-in for the, the war right now. Like, if I beat him, and, I can feel like I win. Yeah, and it, honestly, I would say his character... So, out of everyone... Uh, actually, you know what? <laughs> I keep doing that. I'm going to save that till after we finish all the characters, just to kind of rank them. Uh, so you have him, he does all that, and then we have John Goodman, who kind of starts it off, and you're like, oh, this is, like, one of the main characters, and he's kind of got some interesting stuff. Uh, Samuel Jackson's character confront confronts him at a certain point, being like, why the fuck are we here? What are we doing here? You didn't tell me about this. Holy shit, there's a giant fucking ape killing everyone. Tell me what's going on or I'll kill you, because uh, you brought us here and you got my men killed. And, uh, John Goodman's pretty much just like, you know, he's from Monarch, he's doing all this for science and everything else. Uh, halfway through, he gets killed by a skull crawler, or not even halfway. It's like two thirds of the way in. He just gets like eaten up, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" And oh my god, the way he just gets got. It's just his last words are actually just like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. <laughs> and it's so. I remember being in the not even this time watching it, but being in the theater because you're like, "Oh shit, it's John Goodman," and you're like, "I mean, they're not gonna kill John Goodman," and then they kill John Goodman, and you're just like, "What the fuck? They killed John Goodman." <laughs> just like oh my god Kuzco. very true yeah yeah i don't know why like all the roles he's ever had i just always think of pacha from emperor's new groups it's just like yeah all right yeah and uh then last up we got tom hiddleston and brie larson's characters so tom hiddleston is supposed to be this badass for sas tracker who john goodman's pretty much like if i like he find finds him in vietnam and he's like, you know, if you wanted, if you were, if you felt fulfilled with yourself, you would already be back home in the UK right now, but you're not, you're here. So you should just come with us to the Uncharted Island and we'll pay you like a fuck ton of money and you'll basically help us track this uh, giant ape while helping us survive. And he's like, okay, fine. And throughout the movie for him, he's just like, uh... I don't know. I feel like 
him and Brie Larson are like they're they're done well, but they're not superb. They they're not the standout characters of this film. Brie Larson you have is an anti-war journalist or anti-war photographer, so she's very much against the war. One thing I actually friends and I were talking about this too. We're just kind of like, oh yeah, Brie. Larson. <laughs> we start watching. We're like, oh, Brie Larson's in this. I forgot. Yeah, I completely, I completely forgot because I was just like, I don't know why. I just went like, I think Captain Marvel, and you're like, wow, you know what was she in before? Uh, I think she was in Scott Pilgrim, and you're like, oh yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. And and then I don't think about anything else, and I'm like, oh right, she's in Skull Island, and I'm like, oh shit, this is the best movie I've seen her in. <laughs> it's not the most, it's not the best, but like, it's it's better than Captain Marvel. I could say that for sure. And just I, I don't know. It's, over time, it's kind of been less and less with that movie for me personally uh it's i don't know i just they could have done a lot better and the character she plays it's very much like she's not the damsel in distress in the other movies you know it's like oh shit it's a white girl and kong loves the little white girl you go crazy and he climbs a fucking building and gets shot down and then that's the movie this one it doesn't do that really at all at a certain point, there's, like, a couple of moments between them, but nothing like that. Like, it's more of, like, a, oh, I get it. You're not a monster. And especially after John C. Riley explains to them. So, like, she's an anti-war photographer. She's coming to take pictures. Like, that's really what she's there for, is to... Uh, um, what would you call it when you're there to... Uh, record the expedition? Yeah she's, yeah, she's there to, like take pictures of the expedition and stuff. I forget what the word I was thinking of for it was, but uh, she's there to document it, basically, through photography. And her character is really kind of just interesting in the fact that she just kind of runs through and just goes and adapts as it comes along. Like, she freaks out at certain moments in the film, and then just over time just kind of, like, takes it into her own. Because she's anti-war, she's not much of a fighter that you think. And then next thing you know, she's shooting a fucking flare into the big devil's, the skull devil's fucking, like, face. It's kind of cool that she, like, actually had a hand in helping Kong win at the end. I mean, yeah, they, so a good amount of them do. And it's like, uh, we'll talk about the fight a little bit later. And for her and Tom Hiddleston, you have these two characters that kind of, they they start something that feels semi-romantic between them, but it's not like, it's not taking over the film or it's not very much like, oh, they're going to kiss all this stuff. Like, that never happens. They're just kind of like, oh, you know, maybe we got off on the wrong foot because you're a legit, like, super soldier and she's a anti-war person. And they're both pretty much the ones that are having to work together the most out of everyone. And you just have them go through this whole adventure and survive it and also deal with kong because in the first in the beginning they're just kind of like holy shit we need to get the fuck out like they're not like the soldiers bent on revenge they just want to leave until they meet john c Riley's character and he explains like when he meets the villagers oh kong's not actually just here to kill you guys that's not actually what's going on at all you just went into his territory and he was defending his territory like very animalistic but he's actually like the god guardian of this place he like helps the animals that are not normally predatory they're just like herbivores and stuff like the buffalo yeah and he also is there to kill the skull crawlers like he makes sure to keep them from doing anything like john c Riley says uh king kong is god the gold the skull crushers are the devils 
that live below you. Yeah. I find it interesting that... Skullcrawler. I keep saying Skullcrusher, I think. I'm not sure. I think that's a type of exercise. Yeah, like, I... (laughs) uh, I found it interesting that Kong is, like, a... uh, He's, like, the last of his kind, apparently. Yeah, his parents were... Like, there was a whole bunch of them, apparently, and then his parents were, like, the last two as well. And they died when he was young from the big one, uh, the Skull Devil. And there's, I think there's actually a prequel comic that's just the apes fighting the Skull Crushers. Skull cra- damn it! Skull Crawlers. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, or it's like, it takes place before, and it's like, I think about the tribe, and also, like, the history. And there's, like, one picture, I see one art piece, and it has actually multiple Kong monkey apes and multiple skull crawlers all just fighting and it's like a giant battlefield of them and it looks really cool there's like at least uh actually let me see if i could pull up the image it'll take like two seconds yeah i see i could count one two three four five six seven like at least seven apes in this one picture so it's like a whole thing where it's just like oh these two these two species fought each other to the brink of extinction or at least like the skull crawlers pretty much all died except for the biggest one that kills like the last two uh apes which is like kong's parents and then it just burrows deep because kong is i guess still there i'm not too sure if like i think it just went and started sleeping or it's like it's dormant yeah and the skull crawlers uh they are the ones that they're seeing are actually the 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 adolescent ones so they're a lot smaller they haven't grown yet neither is kong because the whole thing is kong is an adolescent too technically yeah so he just destroys them before they get big because if they get big then they could just kill him apparently just like they killed like the rest of his species yeah and like he was having some trouble fighting like the big one at the very end that's why like the humans kind of like had to help yeah, he was also injured from, like, literally also, Samuel Jackson and his soldiers actually beat the shit out of him in the beginning. Yeah. And actually a good amount of them die through doing it. And it gets to that point where uh, Samuel Jackson actually is like, all right, quick, plant explosives on him because he's down and out. And they stop him to a point where, like, his men start turning on him. And you finally get to a point where you're like, okay, what's he going to do? And it seems like he may not might not do it. And then, because they're trying to explain, like, hey, he's actually not the bad one here. It's these guys. And he goes, nah. And then the giant one comes out of the ground because it heard all the explosions. Yeah. And Samuel Jackson's, like, in disbelief. Like, everyone's like, all right, let's get the fuck out. And Samuel Jackson's like, I think in a way he's thinking, what have I done? All this other stuff. And he still basically tries to blow everything up, but Kong kills him really fast. Yeah. Smashes him real good. <laughs> So, uh, the characters in general, I would say the number one character is John C. Riley's, because you actually care the most about him because he actually has more of a backstory than the other characters. Like he actually has a history. His acting is honestly superb in it. Like he just does a great job. Yeah. Then I would say you have Samuel Jackson, who is a very you know just tired, angry, feels like his life has been, or at least his this point of his life has been wasted and his men's lives were wasted and he's just very he's just stuck in the war and it's actually really cool just to watch it all unfold where you just see his psych just go insane of like 
I uh, I need to kill this giant ape. I just need to kill Which it. Which is like kill an it. insane thing. They're like, yeah. Most sane people would just be like, I need to stay as far away from that giant ape as possible. Let's leave. Yeah, let's nah. leave. And he's like, sure. I'm going to kill it first, though. <laughs> and then after him, I'd say. John Goodman, honestly, is just John Goodman. He just does a good job. And then at the at the he tail end, you got. Uh, I think he was really good for, like getting out that expository story part in the middle when uh like you mentioned when uh sam jackson's just like why the fuck are we actually here and i did like that little easter egg that he threw out there where he was like you ever heard of this ship yeah no one did because i'm the only survivor and like i don't the ship godzilla yeah i assumed that godzilla attacked his ship or whatever it could have been another they talk about it in the news reports in the in the intro of the Godzilla 2014 movie. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't think about it at first. I, I th- all right, so I'm almost positive. I know I'm just basically trying to give myself my own boost, but I am almost positive I knew about that in the original. But also in I mean the the first time I watched it, and I was like, oh, I pieced it together. That was like super easy, whatever. And this time, I like my friends and I are talking over it like the whole time. So I missed it a little bit, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's Godzilla, or it could be like one of the other aquatic creatures. And someone's like, I'm pretty sure it's Godzilla, and I'm like, yeah, no, it's Godzilla. I just, I don't know. I was thinking too hard into it. So I like, and I just felt bad for myself. I was like, no, I should have known that. He's. So I like that connection that he's just like, I have literally seen giant monsters before. No one believes me. He didn't find the one that he saw, but he found another one. Yeah. It was just, like, more proof of just being, like, hey, we're... The whole thing is, like, we're going to expand. So, Monarch isn't even a thing. This is, like, the beginning of Monarch, for the most part. That was a... And by the time you get to Godzilla 2014, or better yet, King of the Monsters, where it turns out they're all over the world, you see how they get from point A to point B, kind of. It's just, like, okay, the stuff we did with Kong, like, it all makes sense now, and that's what they got to start developing everything, where they're, like, okay, we leave Skull Island alone. uh, Alone. I don't know why I said it like that. I leave Skull Island alone. And then you just start, like, any others. We just figure out where they are and just kind of make sure they don't get out and stuff. But also research them. Yeah, I love that for the first... For Godzilla 2014, Monarch is, like, a secret organization. Like, no one really knows about them. And then after, like, the Mudos get out and Godzilla wrecks, like, a couple cities. Or, well, saves a couple cities. Like, now that everyone knows that these giant monsters exist... Monarch is just like, yeah, we're everywhere now. We're the ones keeping them, like all of these monsters away from you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it is. It, they basically, it's funny too the way they end it, where uh, Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson's characters are in some interrogation room, and they're like, "Let us the fuck out. We're not going to talk about it." Or he's not going to talk about it. She's going to talk about it, and then he's like, "Well, fuck. Okay. Well, she's going to talk about it." There, there's a couple. I hate to say it, but there's a couple moments where there's some humor that's just kind of, it doesn't fit with the rest of the film. And it's very, it's very true. Like we're in our group, we're just like, oh no, they, they put in some Marvel comedy in here. <laughs> we just got really annoyed and we're like, oh, there is. And then we just got sad for a second. We're just like, don't take it, take it out, take it out, please. Don't put it in here. We're trying to keep this. This is a wholesome place. Come on. And, uh, yeah. And back to the, let's say the battle. So we established the characters. Well, actually, no. 
Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston's characters. I'm like just fucking spitballing this whole thing. Uh, Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston's characters. They're good. They could be better. I think they're likable. They're likable. They just, I don't know. I feel like you, there's a, a few too many characters at a certain point that you can follow. That's I fair. think that might be why. Uh, that's why, like, just eliminating the one character for China appeal is would probably just increase, I would say, two to three characters' quality just by giving them a little bit more screen time and a little bit more interaction. Because then, if, like I said, that one character isn't isn't interacting with her, he is then instead interacting with everyone else boosting not only himself but those other people in terms of depth that you're going to gain now from them being t- uh, communicating more during this film um that so that that would probably be my biggest removal would be that specifically there's a couple other scenes that are just kind of random like um uh tom hilston when he runs through with the gas mask yeah that was weird he put that gas mask that on just, for like a second and then took it for off for one second and, like, and he's still in the gas when he takes it off yeah, yeah that was so fucking and, stupid <laughs> And it was like, it's cool the way he does it with the sword against those yeah. um, flying creatures. But he doesn't seem like he's the type to use a sword that often, so it's kind of like, what? Yeah, that was another weird thing. He's just like, hey, John C. Riley, toss me your sword real quick. I, I gotta do a super move. <laughs> I was just like, fuck. I mean, it's cool, because uh, we actually, so when I was going through the whole Twitter uh, tweet along, I was doing the same thing I did last time, where I would tell my friends, commentary about it. And I would send in all the tweets that were like had a bunch of stuff, and then I'll, I'd post the concept art pictures and storyboard pictures and stuff. And I, fa- I found the concept art of him going through the gas with the mask on and like the sword, and it looks really cool. And we were like, yeah, they probably actually did the concept art and went, we have to do the scene now, and figured out basically trying to figure out how the scene will fit the concept art. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I could be like wrong, but there there were so many shots in this movie that were like visually really really cool, but like it felt like they were done just cuz it's like cuz it looks cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the before we get to visuals, the last thing I want to talk about is just the final battle. So you have this final battle that unfolds and it's the uh this is post Kong Killing Samuel Jackson as thing as he tries yeah. to blow shit up. It's basically up, like Kong versus the Skullcrawlers, like the big one. Yeah, and the Skullcrawler is winning, and then the humans try to help. They basically are like, "Let's leave," and then they go, "You know what? We need to help him out." So they get their 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 plot, or is that what they called it? Yeah, the the plane boat or the boat made out of yeah. Plane. And they use the guns on it to basically distract it, and they start shooting the shit out of it. Brie Larson actually changes her uh, location and takes the flare gun. Yeah, she climbs and then you have Tom Hiddleston. real fast. <clears throat> yeah, it's really cool. And, like, you have the boat uh, with, uh, I want to say, three soldiers are left alive. Which, oh, wait, no, there was one more soldier. So there were four soldiers left. One is, like, the older one that kind of was watching out for the... Uh, the guy who's always riding home to mom. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, uh, I'm taking care of you. He's also probably the one that's the most loyal to Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah. And he pretty much sees what's going on, and he's like, it's, I think, yeah, it already beat down Kong, and it's chasing them now, at this point. Yeah, he, he uh, tries Kong, to, like, say, like sacrifice himself to save everyone, which was, like, he's got a, noble, but what happens to him is, like, funny, but sad. 
Oh, it's dude. It's 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 slightly. You get a chuckle, but it's still. It's just like when you think about it, you're just like, dude, that's so fucked up. Because like he he has a full grenade launcher belt attached yeah. to him, so it's like all these uh, grenade capsules, and then he takes out two grenades, flips the pins, so he's like, I'm gonna blow myself up, but I'm gonna get this thing to eat me, so that way I can destroy it from the inside, which actually probably would have worked. And so he does it, and he's walking towards it. And it knows somehow, and it's like it it figures it out that it's like it's like this is too good to be true. Something weird is happening, and it doesn't like that he's like got shit on him. So it just uses its tail and just smacks him into like a fucking Dude, he mountainside like or like rock side. Miles. He flew like a hundred miles an hour into the cliffside and exploded. Yeah, he just explodes, and you're just like, oh fuck. Yeah. That was literally you. It's just the thought of that where you go. I'm going to sacrifice myself for everyone, but it didn't even matter. Yeah, like that fucking sucks. I was like, dude, that that they 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 just wrote that in. And they're just like that's like the the cigarette burning into the wrist. It's like, oh, what the fuck? Which is dude? like he was also one of the uh, like the B tier like characters that I thought was like one of my favorites. He yeah, was, like, he's so like one fucking, of the more interesting soldiers. He was like so fucking weird. Like the 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 part where he's like when they go into the bamboo thicket or whatever, and he's like uh, he mentions the the old Bible story of like the mouse and the lion, and the the guy he's with is like, you know that story is about the mouse befriending the lion, right? He's like, no, the mouse kills the lion with the with the thorn. He's like, well, who the fuck told you that story? Like my mom. Like, oh, that actually explains a lot. Yeah, like, and this is like, oh. and yeah, so he dies, and you just have three soldiers left, and they're like firing on the boat along with like John C. Riley on there, and you have Brie Larson shooting the flare into the side of this monster, and then you have Tom Hiddleston also leading it away using his fucking superhuman abilities to run away from it, uh, but through it, Kong basically uh, tries to fight it again, gets chained up somehow. <laughs> Which is supposed to also symbolize, like, another 30s callback, you know, where he's chained up uh, before he breaks out. that makes sense. And when he does, because I think uh, Brie Larson gets hit off of the the hill or mountain she's on and, like, hits her off and she falls in the water. And Colin gets angry because he's like, I don't want her to die. Like, he... Yeah. She's, like, the first one he befriends or, like, kind of gets an understanding because she she tried to find her buffalo. (laughs) Yeah, he sees that she's actually trying to help, which is something he does. And so he takes the road, like the the propeller. Dude, this shit, like, like I was like, oh, no, this movie's okay. This this movie's pretty cool. Once Kong starts using like weapons, I was like, oh fuck. Oh yeah, first he gets the <laughs> the the fucking the tree, and he like takes all the branches off. So then it's like the shape of just like a club. Yeah, I he guess, just uses and... a club that was like fucking sick. But yeah, and then but like, then like the chain, the propeller, the propeller. Or like I know, like I forget what that's supposed to be. Like what that's supposed to be. Like a type of weapon specifically. It's like a, it's like a knife on the end of a chain. Oh, Morningstar. Oh, that would make sense. Morningstar would make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's Morningstar. Mace. Well, whatever. No, Mace is uh, Mace. It's not a detachable one. Mace is just basically like oh, a piece of metal right. on the end of a stick. Yeah, you're right. It's like blunt. Uh, but it's the Morning Star. That's like if you're thinking of the one the Witch King of Agmar uses in the Battle of Pelennor Fields in Return of the King. Yeah, the the chain when he's one. fighting Owen. Yeah, so that's a that's a Morning Star. And yeah, dude, he uh, like wrecks that fucking skull crawler with that shit. It's awesome. Yeah, it just gets it right in the back, like at his shoulder, and it's just like implanted in there, and just like it's over. 
And I, I bet they're like, how do we either one up or maintain a level with Godzilla 2014's mouth to mouth? I did see that fucking fire. Like, he, and the, I, f- I forget if it was Nerdist or uh, who, uh, who's the people that were putting this on? I forget. I uh, Nerdist and Legendary. Legendary. Like I can't remember which of the two said it, but it was like, so who had the better finishing move, Godzilla or this guy? And I was like, ah. Man, Godzilla. I still say Godzilla, Godzilla. but like Kong is, is still, still the best. Cool. Yeah, and Kong basically just goes, "Hey, hang on, let me let me make sure everything's working in there." And he just reaches his hand into the throat and pulls out its tongue. Yeah, but everything else attached to it. He basically pulls out its insides and just just pulls them out of it, and it's just like I'm done. I saw someone tweet <laughs> out like, "Man, that was gut wrenching," and I was like, "Ha, it's <laughs> pretty funny." Classic. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was really cool, and it was on it was a pretty cool fight because uh, it's like it, there's some form of humans helping the monster in both movies. Uh, this one more so directly, whereas Godzilla is more like I'm gonna fight destroy this nest. Old Godzilla is fighting the big guys, and then Godzilla's down, so now we're gonna fight the big guys, and now we're all dead, and then now it's just one guy. So that was pretty much everything about the movie. And the last thing I want to touch on is just the the strongest point of it which is the visuals oh, the yeah. cinematography for it they take a lot of inspiration from apocalypse now with like the sunset and the choppers yeah dude that whole and, chopper scene in the beginning is like fucking phenomenal like the the music choice i mean paranoia by the offspring they just offspring. they just take the they're like best of vietnam music and they just throw it all in there <laughs> they're, just, they're going through like all these different songs that's sure great even have like bad moon rising they might have. I know at one point they are playing Bad Moon Rising in the movie. Dude, I, I was like, that that's pretty great. Yeah, it's so good. C- uh, was it CTR? Yeah. No, C- C- uh, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival? Yeah. CCR. CCR. That's what I was... Yeah. That's... Yeah. I was trying to... I'm trying to think of the abbreviation. I'm like, was it this one or <laughs> this one? Yeah. So the mu- music was like fun for the era, uh, but it was just really like the, the, the color going on with it. The sunsets were so superb. Uh, just like all the color throughout the gas, they they just really they they really do a great job with cinematography with the visual Dude, set, you know all that kind of one stuff. One visual that like really got me, as in like disturbed me, was like the f- before you even see the bamboo spiders. I and I forget what they're called. Like that one dude is just like getting a drink of water and he looks up and he goes like oh and. Oh, the spider yeah, leg? Like, yeah, the next thing you see is he's just, like, impaled through the mouth, like, by this bamboo yeah. shoot. And you can't even, again, you don't even see that it's attached to a spider up above. It's just all of a sudden there's bamboo going through him, and you're just like, what? And, like, that was fucking creepy. Yeah, no, it was, it was fucked up. Holy shit. It was, because you're just like, Gee, you can't tell if it's just walking or if it just saw them and was yeah. like, yeah. Because then it, it like, well... Once they start shooting, that's when it, like, sends its weird fucking... Yeah, and then that was the other thing. Things down. That was also really interesting. I love that it's, like, really tall, so it seems to walk above, like, the thicket, but it's, like, legs blend in, so it can, like, get above things and then use its, like, weird sticky things to, like, pull food up to its main body, and it's got the weird... Like, yeah. dude, that, the imagery of, like, the guy getting slowly pulled up and like the pincers just like snapping at him i was like oh fuck that guy's dead <laughs> yeah hey he was really lucky he wasn't because yeah. it was uh actually the, the guy that sacrifices himself was the one that thinks about it, like cut the branch like yeah. cut its legs 
and take its legs down. That was that was really cool. Uh, but it, I would say, honestly, out of any monster movie, this is probably the best visual one uh, in terms of just like cinematography and visual set piece and stuff. Uh, definitely just had really good moods about it. Just uh, the color is just really great because uh, honestly, a lot of the monster movies are usually at night or they're just like very dark. Godzilla's is because that what lights it up is Godzilla normally when things That's are happening. True. There's a lot of dark moments in uh, both Godzilla 2014 and um, King of Monsters. Yeah, and King of Monsters does have its own set piece. Like you, you see its own stuff later on. Like there's some really great shots in it. Uh, it's just more so the monsters themselves or specifically maybe i'd say the best point is uh well actually you know what we're talking about this next week anyway but like when rodan comes out specifically when it comes out of the volcano that's like one of the best yeah, visual pieces that was of pretty the movie, great. i'd say just in terms of setting too with the monster whereas the others usually it's the mothra by its by herself godzilla by himself Ghidorah by himself and things like that but okay so that was Kong. Uh, like I said, we, it's an, it's really a good, it's enjoyable. I'm actually gonna I don't have it yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. Uh, there's uh, I think a British version that has like this really cool 4K steelbook. That's really cool. So I want to see if I can snag that. That's like the best version. I want to I want to see if I can get it. But, all right, James, we're at hour twenty in. So I think uh, we might have fucked up there. Uh, oh well. <laughs> how do we do that? Uh, how we did we talk about it for fifty minutes? Shit, did we? Same. I don't know. I, was I really spilling off nonsense for 15 I mean, minutes? I hope people understood what I said. I don't even know what I, I said, to be honest. Maybe if we hadn't listed every single character. We no, didn't. That's true. We there, didn't there were, list there every more, single like, character. The problem is, it was like the ones with noticeable actor names and stuff and actress I names. I think the main problem is that like there were too many characters in the movie in general. So Yeah. Well... Not if anything, many. still, we just we just kind of talked about it naturally. We went through it and just, like, said our yeah, two cents, I guess. For sure. Um, do you do you want to try to talk about something else, or uh, do you want to go longer, or do you want to stop Nah, here? let's make it easy for you and everyone else, and let's just, like, end it here for now. Okay. You know, guys, the list is just going to keep growing for us. Um We'll we'll get to Fuck it. Yeah. So the I'll next talk about my the next movie the end of preacher eventually. <laughs> yeah. So all right, I'm gonna make it my mission to watch Westworld episode four and five, and actually now six will come out. So we'll have another three episodes of Westworld to talk about. So at least I'm gonna guarantee you for next week, guys. Next week we'll be talking about Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, which we actually already did previously on podcast yeah, four pretty recently we did like twice we wa- uh, we talked about it when i watched it the first time and we talked about it when you watched it and i watched it together oh, again yeah. so we'll talk i think we'll focus more on the behind the scenes aspects and i don't even shit i don't remember what we talked about for the most part but we'll, we'll just spitball it we'll spitball it hopefully we'll make it shorter we might not we might even make it longer because this is probably james would you not would you say that king of monsters is probably the best of the three uh it's yeah probably it's fucking phenomenal like from it's the beginning so to end, it's, it's so amazing. good it's just the it's the best pay per view match you've ever seen to the point where there's even close ups of just like remember when Godzilla turns his head and then you see him looking at the guy and the camera zooms in and you're just like oh <laughs> when he comes out of the water you're just like oh, I see you brother oh my god it's so perfect but we'll we'll talk about that next week we'll talk about the three episodes of Westworld even if it's like whoever however long we're still going we'll at least get that done next week I. 
who knows? Maybe there'll be even less news next week, though. So uh, we'll try to see. If not, if anything, I'll tr- we'll just try to speed through whatever is told to us or whatever we have to talk about for news. And we'll see if we can get into some stuff. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say that I probably won't talk about Witcher 3 until after these watch-alongs are done. Fair enough. Because that, that's like the end of us watching like the same thing for the most part, unless we start doing this on our own. But I, I do still want to... Uh, I will say one thing. Uh, James, did you see the ba- the horrible news of what, what Disney fucking did? No, what? Alright, so Godzilla vs. King Kong, I believe, is supposed to come out November 20th. And it's been that way. Like, it was delayed before, and they were like... Oh yeah, it was supposed to be March originally. This past March or May or something. They delayed it to November... But it's been like that for a, for a while now. And then, literally just like, earlier this week, Disney goes, hey, Soul's coming out November 20th at the theaters. Wow. Okay. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You couldn't give another movie just like a week? You have to Because I know their stuff is being pushed back, so now like, at the same time, you know Disney's like trying to take over the entire year of the box office. They want to... They want... Every single section where, like, to the point where just they're like, we don't want Disney to fight itself with for movie spots, but uh, they want to just, like, have it evenly to right when a film is about to dip in profit, the next film comes up. Mm. Whether it's Disney animated film, the Pixar film, the Marvel film, the Star Wars film, to Fox film, to whatever. Like, they just have something lined up it, everywhere. It me recently that, like, with all the Marvel movies, with all the Disney movies, with all the um, the Star Wars movies, they have something coming out like pretty much every month. Yeah, and it's it's like kind of, it's like I get it. It's kind of cool, and you have all these resources. Of course, you're going to use them, but and it's competition too. But it doesn't. It's to that point where it's like you're looking at the New England Patriots. They just keep winning, and you're tired of it, and you want something different. And you're just kind of like, come on, just give someone else a chance. This is why every other studio is just kind of going, fuck, what's going on right now? Like, it's just the Disney empire and half of it's just catering to China. But that's a that's a conversation for another time. Which actually, James, did you? I, I didn't know this. So you probably know more. You know about Doctor Strange more than I do, I'm sure. Uh, Maybe. The, you know the Grandmaster? Uh, I forget, the, the bald woman in oh, the movie? Yeah. You know how she's supposed to be Tibetan? Yes. It's supposed to be like an old Tibetan mm-hmm. guy? Notice how it's like, hey, China has a problem with Tibet. Hey, we're uh, not going to put an old Tibetan guy in there. We're just going to put a white person in that's there. That's interesting. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I didn't... One of my friends brought that to my attention earlier today when we were talking about everything. When we got into the China conversation. Dude, that blows my mind. Yep. And it's just like, dude, come on. Like... You could see who really, uh, who they care about more at this point, and who is the power, unfortunately, in Hollywood. Yeah. Just watch that South Park episode, guys, about uh, fuck China. It's basically <laughs> so. a documentary at this point. Yeah, it's it's perfect, and they do a good sacrifice because now South Park's behind in China. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Well worth it. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so that's it for this week. If you guys want to give us some feedback, positive or negative, or if you have a question on the show that you want us to talk about, uh, just send it to sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. If you do that and you're the first question we read on the show, 
then you will get a copy of a game I helped create. I did the sound design for it, uh, Midnight Ultra, on PC. And if you want to follow Sutra Side Talk on Twitter, you can follow at Sutra Side Talk. If you want to follow James on Twitter, you can follow him at InvaderJim124. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at GoGoComzilla. And if you can help us, so this is uh, the best way you guys can help us, though, is to let your friends know about it, but also review us on iTunes or whatever, Apple Podcast. Give us five stars if you can. Also subscribe, like, whatever it is for that platform, whatever the, the thing is that usually like helps people, subscriptions, likes, reviews, things like that. Just if you can help us out and do those, uh, just because, you know, it's a free show, no ads. Uh, this is the closest really you get to one, honestly. Um, that would really help us out. But of course, like I said, biggest thing you could do is uh, share it with your friends, family, anyone else you can. I'm sure they're bored, they want to kill an hour or two, or they want to listen to two people sound ridiculous and stupid. Totally just, uh, you know... Or me more so, I'd say. But just uh, g g tell them to give it a listen. Give us a chance. And we can win them over or make them hate us. Uh, either way is a win for me, to be honest. But until then, you guys have a great time. And see you next Thanks week. Thanks for listening.